The next time you take a look at a photo of Pope Francis, if you haven't noticed already, look closely at the cross he wears. You know when you see a bishop, you notice he wears a crucifix on a chain suspended from his neck, right? That's called his pectoral cross. Well, the cross you see Pope Francis wearing is not your typical crucifix. It is one that spoke to his pastoral heart when he was archbishop. The word pastor means shepherd. When you look at the cross Pope Francis wears against his white cassock, you see the image of Jesus, the good shepherd, carrying a lamb on his shoulders. I just love that very pastoral image suggesting the great love and mercy that God has towards us. Many of us struggle to live that life of virtue that our loving God expects from us. But as we well know, there are all too many who have lost their way, too many who have not just strayed from the path of virtue, but maybe have lost their moral compass altogether. But I think in today's gospel passage from John, we are given a challenge to take seriously what the Lord wants to say to us through this image of the Good Shepherd, the noble and brave shepherd. We are just 22 days away from observing Good Friday when we celebrated that the Good Shepherd did lay down his life for his sheep. Bishop Robert Barron points out the shocking thing. Imagine the difference between human beings and sheep. Now multiply that difference infinitely. That would give you some idea of the difference between God and humanity. And yet God is willing to lay down his life for the likes of us. Just two days, Sundays ago, two Sundays ago, we celebrated Divine Mercy Sunday. And if you're ever at a loss for what to read for spiritual reading, pick up a copy of St. Sister Faustina's Diary, where our risen Lord speaks so often of his amazing divine mercy available to all. I'd like to share with you a conversion story it's a very dramatic story of a woman named Patricia Sandoval. The story of Patricia is so amazing that she has been speaking internationally, including uh, last year, pre-COVID, here in Denver. As a young woman at 19, Patricia, in love with her older boyfriend, became pregnant and was told by her friends to have an abortion. She didn't flinch. This is simply what this was the thing to do. She went on to have not one, but two more abortions. Moving beyond this tragic part of her life, she and her boyfriend slipped into drugs, a life of addiction and homelessness, living on the streets. Then came the fateful day in Santa Rosa, California, when she hit bottom. Stunned at being abandoned by all her friends, she sat on a curb, sobbing. Let me quote from her book. An hour and a half went by as I sat on the curb, riddled with crippling fears. Staring into the clouds, feeling a divine presence, I said, God, 
You are all I have at this moment. I've hit rock bottom. I have nothing, no friends, no money, no drugs, no family. I've ruined my life. I don't know how I let myself get to this point, but I know that you exist and I know that you are listening to me. And then something within me, a moment of grace, made me want to praise God. I said aloud, I want to thank you for all the many blessings you have given me in my life. But now I've ruined my life. I've ruined it all. I pulled my knees to my forehead, clutching my legs and sobbed with piercing regret. Two minutes later, I felt someone kneel directly behind me and embrace me. My eyes looked up through tears to see a pretty blonde woman about my age, 23, giving me a beautiful broad smile. The name tag on her brown uniform read Bonnie, staring at me with great tenderness. She said, Jesus loves you. I looked at her in confusion. What did you say? Jesus loves you. I am a waitress at that restaurant. She said, I was taking an order when the Lord spoke to my heart and told me, put down your notepad, look out that window and tell that young lady who is sitting on the curb that even if her mother or father should abandon her, I will never abandon or forsake her. I will be with her until the end of time. I was in awe. God had answered my prayer immediately. Then Bonnie said, I'm going to take you into the restaurant. I'm almost at the end of my shift. I'm going to feed you and then take you to wherever home is. She did that. Bonnie took Patricia to her father's house and he took her in with love. She learned that her mother had been praying for her and pleading for God to bring her back. Patricia took her first step towards a new life which led her back into her faith. Patricia was eventually profoundly healed by making a Rachel's Vineyard retreat and was called into ministry after that. She has spoken before thousands, giving her testimonial and offering hope to many young people who lost their way like she did. You can find the full story of Patricia Sandoval in her book entitled Transfigured, published just about four years ago. I don't want to dwell on the awful moral climate of our times, but rather suggest that we can be so grateful for the graces that God has shown to those who have strayed from the path of faith and virtue and who have decided to turn back to God. Now seeing him, as their loving father, a father who is on a rescue mission to save as many as he can. Let us, for our part, decide to strive to be better disciples, to be good evangelists, evangelists who will reach out in our own limited way to both pray for and invite persons who are unchurched. Yes, invite, invite persons who are searching, or maybe you're just lost in the darkness of their indifference to God. Invite them to open their hearts, to come back 
to a merciful God, to be embraced by a loving Father. Help the Holy Spirit to bring in the harvest by your witness to the gospel of God's goodness and mercy.